Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, chapter by chapter, out loud. Here we are, Exodus chapter 30. Uh, it was really interesting last time. I gotta say, I, it just gave me some things to think about. Um, you know, as a pastor talking about the the ordination ritual for Aaron and his sons, and we saw just all the significance and the symbolism in that. Uh, today, we're moving back to some of the the physical objects here. So this is the altar of incense. Then, um, in cha- chapter thirty, we uh, move on. And this is sort of interesting. It, it's described as this census tax. So hang on a second. You know, what's going on so quickly? Um, are we to taxes? And that, and I think it's going to kind of bring out um, a little bit of an interesting theme amidst the the other uh, furniture objects here, kind of just what was this, this community life together? Um, it's not exactly separation of church and state, but is, is that a bad thing? Is that a, well, well, We'll talk about that today. Uh, joining us, we've got returning, we've got Pastor George Murdaugh from Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Douglasville, Georgia. Good morning, brother. So good to have you with us. And wow, yeah, how are, how are you and the brothers and sisters down in Georgia doing? I mean, just all this crazy heat that we've had, and I know that uh, the cases really seem to have been like spiking down in the south. So I mean, how are you guys doing? Well, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I appreciate it, uh, brother. But, uh, yeah, we're doing okay. Actually, um, uh, this was somewhat expected. Uh, Georgia, as you know, is one of the first states to really open things up. And the problem has not really been with those uh, particular businesses and whatnot and churches that were opened up. That's not where the problem is. Uh, The problem was people's attitude that, well, that just meant that, you know, we can— uh, we can go to the coast. We can go to the beaches. We can go to the gambling establishments on the on the uh, ocean, yeah. and we can have all these gatherings. And of course, you had uh, protests in the city, uh, like you did in other major cities last month, and uh, uh, these sort of things. They thought all that was just fine. Well, of course, it wasn't, right. and and there was a spike. But of course, we were not the only ones to experience that very same phenomena around the United States. Uh, but uh, clearly, uh, it, it has still been, um, when you think of it, uh, and those uh, people who have followed the guidelines of the governor and the uh, health department, um, it has not been that, that bad, actually. Uh, the, the danger has come from people who have ignored those things. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys are, are doing all right. And certainly, uh, well, I mean, this, this is why... God instituted, right, the the priesthood and these sacrifices, because when you give, it seems, the sinful nature even just a little bit of reasonable freedom, it's sort of like, you know, uh, give an inch and they, they take a mile kind of thing, right? It's just, it's, exactly. it's just what we do. We just, we just, we just take something good and we just kind of go overboard with it. It kind of seems to be mm-hmm. the perennial problem, right? Uh, and so we have, uh, yeah, and so, and so we have, uh, you know this this priesthood getting getting fleshed out here, and I mean it's an interesting chapter because yeah you've got uh, you know talk about you know offerings and and sin offerings and things like this, but but also things like uh you know like this this tax right or like census, and so it's interesting how uh, this priesthood uh, you really kind of see it more in this chapter is about establishing a kind of order to this community life. It isn't just a, a free-for-all or a anarchy here. Mm-hmm. Exactly, precisely. Now, the, uh, 
when we get to the census part, there's some interesting things there that we'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's go ahead then without any further ado. And would you, as we get started, brother, open us up with a prayer? Certainly. So, gracious God, our Father, we thank you for the Torah, and we thank you that we have opportunity to study the Torah. Uh, we know that Jesus had uh, told those who studied the law, those who studied the scriptures, that in, uh, in the fifth chapter of John, he said, they are about me. So we know that even in the study of the Torah, uh, we are pointed towards the Christ who has fulfilled all the law and the prophets. Father, we thank you that we're able to do this. We thank you that we're able to give insights into your uh, majestic holiness, uh, to the greatness that you have and the love you have for your people, uh, in that you have set up a covenant uh, with them, uh, from Abraham through Moses and then into the uh, uh, ceremonial covenants uh, that were made for the priests. And Father, we thank you for that. We're, we learn from that. We we note it not only as just historical uh, um, a truth, but also as a picture into you and your relationship with us, and especially through your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. So here's the text, Exodus chapter 30. Anything in particular that you want to call out before we give the thing a straight read-through? Uh, only that, you know, when we come from section to section, I think it's good. The uh, uh, 30th part of an entire section, which develops right. the entire worship life of the community, which includes, of course, the, the accoutrements of that worship life as they're placed in the tabernacle. And... Um, um, so I think that that's the context. Uh, we need to understand that that tabernacle was to reflect um, a, uh, uh, as, a, as a place of worship of uh, Yahweh Elohim. It was to reflect in every part of it and everything that was going on there the, the uh, relationship between God, uh, who would appear over the mercy seat uh, in the Holy of Holies, uh, with his people and how they were to live their lives, even the way that they were to camp around the sanctuary. Everything is here designed to put uh, God at the heart of the community and the community's heart in the Lord. And, and so these are the contexts. And this is part of that setting up of that order. Yeah, that, that's well said. I mean, so, you know, you might, if you just kind of go off of the, the headings, right, in the, in the ESV, mm -hmm. where, you know, it just says, you know, the altar of incense, or as you uh, scroll down after the text, and bronze basin, um, you know, oil and incense, you, you might be tempted to think, well, now hang on a second, like, uh, why why'd these get left out now? Why didn't we just deal with all this when we were dealing with all the furniture, right? Uh, is this some mm -hmm. kind of afterthought? But as you were saying, uh, the thing is, it's not really so much about the, the pieces of furniture themselves, so much as uh, what you're supposed to do with them here in the worship life, like you were saying, and, and directing mm -hmm. how that works. And so, uh, yeah, there's these procedures here, and and uh, yeah, th that's helpful to be thinking about. So just how, as you were putting it, how do these sorts of um, habits and practices and customs, right, uh, direct the hearts of the people towards God? So we will mm -hmm. be... Uh, looking at the patterns uh, for the whole chapter, and then we'll go back and we'll talk about some of this stuff in detail here in Exodus chapter 30, English Standard Version here from the top. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its breadth. It shall be a square and two cubits shall be its height. Its horn shall be of one piece with 
you shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns, and you shall make a molding of gold around it, and you shall make two golden rings for it, and you shall make two <clears throat> under its molding on two opposite sides of it you shall make them, and they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put it in front of the veil that's above the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that's above the testimony, where I'll meet with you. And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it, a regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it, or a burnt offering or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it once in the year throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, When you take the census of the people of Israel, then each shall give a ransom for his life to the Lord when you number them, that there be no plague among them when you number them. Each one who is numbered in the census shall give this, half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the shekel is twenty geras, half a shekel as an offering to the Lord. Everyone who is numbered in the census from twenty years old and upward shall give the Lord's offering. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than the half shekel when you give the Lord's offering to make atonement for your lives. You shall take the atonement money from the people of Israel and shall give it for the service of the tent of meeting, that it may bring the people of Israel to remembrance before the Lord, so as to make atonement for your lives. The Lord said to Moses, You shall also make a basin of bronze with its stand of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it, with which Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet. When they go into the tent of meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister to burn a food offering to the Lord, they shall wash with water so that they may not die. They shall wash their hands and their feet so that they, sh so that they may not die. It shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his offspring throughout their generations. The Lord said to Moses, Take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet-smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is 250, and 250 of aromatic cane, and 500 of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil, blended as by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it you shall anoint the tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the table, and all its utensils, and the lampstand, and its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand. You shall consecrate them, that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them will be holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may serve me as priests. And you shall say to the people of Israel, This shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. It shall not be poured out on the body of an ordinary person, and you shall make no other like it in its composition. It is holy, and it shall be holy to you. Whoever compounds anything like it, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider, shall be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices. Stacti, Anica, and Galbanum, sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each there shall be an equal part, and make an incense blended as by the perfumer, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. You shall beat some of it very small, and put part of it before the testimony in the tent of meeting, where I shall meet with you. It shall be most holy for you. 
And the incense that you shall make, according to its composition, you shall not make for yourselves. It shall be for you holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to use as perfume shall be cut off from his people. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that, that theme of holiness um, pops out kind of a lot in this chapter. I mean, it, it has several times before, but, um, I, I mean, here it, it's it's kind of a— it's kind of a lot in particular. It just seems like, you know, God is, is directing them so that there is something very particular about all of this that, you know, Aaron and his sons are going to smell different, right. From everybody else. There's going to be a very particular um, altar of incense. That's just for these very particular purposes uh, that really just highlights um, how different mm-hmm. this stuff is supposed to be. And, and and I think like that's even there in the tax that th- this isn't just, oh, we ran out of money. We need to like do a fundraiser here that there's a, mm-hmm. there's a very particular symbolism with this ransom for their lives. So, I mean, like th- this chapter, I feel like just really is just bringing out how uh, distinctive the, the worship of the Lord is supposed to be. Oh, that is exactly right. I mean, uh, their God is an awesome God. Their God is a uh, is a is a, a God of of, of might and uh, provision. Uh, the uh, Yahweh God is a is a is a uh, unique is unique in all all the universe and in existence. Uh, he is the only God that is really the God of power. Uh, everyone else is a usurper, and every other God is a usurper. As it says in Isaiah. Uh, I am God, there is no other. And uh, uh, the idea here is that to, in order for the people, these people have come out of, out of Egypt. And although they, they were sequestered so, to a certain extent in uh, Goshen, it is fairly clear being slaves, right. uh, uh, having been slaves before they were brought out, in fact, they were brought out of slavery, uh, they were not only uh, slaves in Goshen, they didn't only live in Goshen. Now, at this point, they were living in the houses of the Egyptians as household uh, as household slaves. They were also living as field slaves among the Egyptians, uh, as uh, as the Pharaoh and, and the building of the tombs and the building uh, that was going on uh, that the, they were enslaved to. So they were moved out of Goshen. In a sense, therefore, they were put under the gods of Egypt. And the yeah. whole plague section is about how the gods of Egypt are defeated. And so if you really read the section of the plagues, they right. specifically target gods in control of that particular part of, of, their, of their pantheon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so uh, God, uh, Yahweh Elohim, is now going to remove them from that. Well, as he removes them from that into the wilderness— there has to come. There has to become an education program. <laughs> that education <laughs> yes. program, and yeah. that education program has been going for forty years. And what kind of two things are happening during that time? One of the things that is happening during that time, of course, is that incredible Sinai experience from which the law is given, and the ceremonial law, and the the uh, uh, architectural design for the for the tabernacle, which is a whole study in itself. Right. Uh, that that was all given at that time. And then you have this 40 years of instruction 
And we know if you read the book of Numbers, there's plenty of revolts going on during that time. <laughs> right. You have uh, this. That's kind of alluded to, isn't it? Um, exactly. Actually, with the, with a bit exactly. of the unauthorized incense. That, that's a, that's exactly. a little bit of an ominous, like, and that's going to happen. Right. Aaron's sons, Aaron's two sons, for example. But yep. um, the, the, the point here being that they have to re- understand their entire existence yeah. as the called people under the under the covenant of Abraham. They have to begin to say everything that you had in Egypt. How many times did they want to go back to Egypt? Two, three times. And mm-hmm. every time they had to be taught again that no, in the center of that was to be this tabernacle and, and the accoutrements and the ceremonies surrounding that was to bring this people into the promised land as a people who would not easily, easily. Now, we have the whole book of Judges. That's 400 years after they've been in the land, but would not easily fall back into the practices that they had known from Egypt because most of that community that goes into the promised land has been schooled by God by provision of manna, by provision of quail, by provision of water, He has prepared them to be a, a unique faith community that is designed by him to transform the world. And and so that's, right. that's going to take some time. Yeah, that, yeah, so, I know. <laughs> that's going to take some time. It's going to take... Right. That's going to take, like you were saying, I, I like the way you're putting it, you know, education and kind of in some ways mm-hmm. a, a re-education program here and, and teaching, mm-hmm. right? And, and I like it because that really emphasizes that, you know, so why is he going into so much detail? Is it, is it because it's legalism mm-hmm. and they got to do it, you know, exactly one cubit this way and two cubits that way or else lightning bolts? No, it's because you've got to go into all this detail so that we can get the idea, oh, this is something different. This is this is not like what we were doing in Egypt. And in that way, I, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, it's it's uh, it's gracious because God is directing them and guiding them away from from mm-hmm. death and disaster. Right. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, like it says exactly. there in the uh, what was it? It was like, I think, verse 11, that, that there be no plague mm-hmm. among them. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- this mm-hmm. is all to be to their to their benefit and to their health and to their well-being as as they're shown this this distinctive way of of knowing God and that begins with this altar of incense and so I, I want to see what you think here you know what what is it about this altar of incense that is so distinctive that what is it that God is using here to teach them about himself how he is different from those gods of Egypt with this altar of incense the I, I suppose that the greatest Clearly, it's the greatest distinction between Yahweh Elohim and how he relates to his people, uh, which is brought out much more in the book of Deuteronomy, but uh, is the fact that uh, God wants a relationship with his people, the people he'd called. He wants that relationship. In paganism and also in, in Egypt, it wasn't that the gods necessarily wanted to have a relationship with the people. It was that they wanted to be served by the people. They wanted yeah. the people to, to uh, give them offerings. They wanted people to, to uh, uh, jump through hoops. They wanted all kinds of things to happen, all kinds of rituals and sacrifices, even human sacrifice in some of the cases of the Canaanites. These gods were not gods who necessarily cared about a close relationship with the, with, with the, with the people. They right. wanted the people to serve them. 
this is a God who has put himself, and he will, of course, do it in the incarnate word in a very specific way, in a very fantastic way, in the person of Jesus Christ, to show this intimacy that God wants to have with his people. Now, the prophets will all talk about, and they'll, they'll draw on the Torah, really, but they're going to talk about that God has always wanted to have the bride Israel uh, to be holy. He, he always wanted that, because he's holy. That's right. And so, and so this altar of incense that is set up here, like the, the other things are simple, has a specific purpose within the context of how God is going to come close to his people. Now, how is God going to come close to his people? Well, with regard to the altar of incense, it's going to be by the offering of the incense, which when does it happen? In the morning and in the yep. evening. Think yep. of it this way. By the way, we still have this in a Christian tradition. Yep. We have morning prayer and we have evening prayer. Let my prayer rise before you as incense. That's right. That's right. We still have that tradition in the Christian communion amongst yep. those that follow what I would call, you know, the historic Christian faith. Mm-hmm. So um, we have that. So at the morning prayer when the people, it says the people would come out in their tent, Moses would go, to, and, and they, would, they would worship at the front of their tent in the morning, and they would see rising this incense to God. They would see rising this, this incense to God, and, mm-hmm. and they joined their prayers to that. The same thing would happen in Eve. So this forms the community prayer life to a God who hears prayer. And mm-hmm. they don't have, they're not having to go, let me put it this way. There's no special thing they have to do. They don't have to have some special uh, bowl there full of water or something. They don't have to have some special bird sacrifice every evening. They simply stand there, pray, and God receives it. And this is an incredible thing when you think about it, because, and I'm going to I'm going to jump down to the incense itself. Yeah. If you look at if you look at the what makes up the incense, uh-huh. what makes up the incense? Well, what makes up the incense is especially spices that come out of Egypt. But added to those spices that come out of Egypt, because really there was not a whole lot of access to the Persian and and uh, you know uh, Indian subcontinent spices. But they clearly, in Egypt and all that, so they bring these spices. These spices are what we would refer to as kind of earthy spices. They're mm-hmm. the kind of spices that come from the earth. They, they come from plants that are generally around there. They have a, a musky smell. They have, a, they have an odor that reminds you of the community. What can I say? Yeah. It, reminds you of the, it reminds you of how these people live their lives. So what God is doing here when he says, put together this kind of smell to me. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. going to get very, very anthropomorphic here. Put together this kind of smell for me. That reflects the community. And guess what? I'm going to accept it because I love this community. I love yeah. this people. And, and I mean, for us to understand, we, we get that in, in uh, 316, God's sort of the world. But yeah. to have this in your nose, to have yeah. this in your senses, that God loves you that much, this is an incredible reality. And this, this altar of incense before the covenant seat— uh, which was in the Holy of Holies, there right in front of the curtain, would rise up and rise up and eventually in and out of the tent for people to see it. And as that happened, God is present to receive the prayers of his people and to bless his people. And when you really look at the 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 journey of those people into the promised land, there was a lot of blessing, a lot of blessing going on. And Moses yeah. says finally in the book of Deuteronomy, what people have a God 
that is close as our God is to us when we call upon his name. And there you have it, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful, and I think that's a that's a that's a really neat uh, neat thought. That I mean, this is in that sense kind of a. I, 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 we have to go into our break really quick, but uh, yeah. this is a like an incarnational moment where God deigns exactly. to smell like His people. He He is right. pleased to do so, and it, it really yeah. is already forecasting that He's going to literally take on a human scent and a whole human yes. form um, in His Son yes. Jesus. But yeah. Jesus, uh, well, Jesus smelt like Nazareth. Yes. That's right. That's like right. Nazareth, that's right. You know? yeah, so, so hold yeah. hold on to that thought and, and to that scent there, everybody. We're going to look more at Exodus chapter thirty here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. Friday on Issues Etc. We'll discuss Old Testament prophet Elijah with Dr. Kevin Golden, and we'll look forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, talking with Pastor David Peterson about Christ fulfilling the law in Matthew chapter 5. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. A cure that kills the doctor? He proved his protocol by undergoing it himself. Not because he needed it, but because you did. It's his law and gospel protocol. Words upon which you can build a life, an eternal life, starting now. The Jesus Protocol, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Exodus chapter 30 today. We were just talking about this altar of incense um, at the beginning, and then we were kind of jumping down, connecting that with the actual incense that's described there in verse 22, and just talking about, you know, God is saying, look, um, I, I don't, I'm not offended by, by being around you guys. I want to be with you, and okay. I'm going to I'm going to be so close. I'm going to I'm going to end up smelling like you guys even, and that's that's a okay so. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think the uh, as you get down in the incense, nobody is supposed to reprise this particular yeah. formula, and and there are some there are some parts of it that are not mentioned how much it is, uh, but it is a very specific formula. Uh, it says of the art of the perfumer, and I think that when we think of perfumers, uh, we think. Uh, in our culture, about all this this sweet-smelling stuff that we get uh, from uh, the European traditions, uh, uh, and that's not what's going on here. This is a this is a different type of uh, of incense. 
um, uh, that was specifically designed for this. It doesn't mean, I mean, the, the people, the, the, the Israelites had access to these uh, particular resins and, and, and oils. They had, but they weren't supposed to put them in that formula. That formula was a priestly formula and was right. for that purpose. And I think, uh, yeah, that's not to mean that they never ever smelled these smells before. That's right. No, no. The, each of the ingredients were, were familiar to them, but this right, right. very particular blend was a signal like, exactly. hey, something. this is this is different. This is God. Right. And, well, it goes back right. to what it was in, in, in chapter 29, right? At the end there, mm-hmm. and this is, I think, really uh, what you were really uh, connecting us to here in verse 45 and 46, I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord, their God. You know that. Uh, I mean, th- th- this is mm-hmm. this is meant to be a clear signal and a, and a gracious one, at that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you, thank you, brother. Everybody, um, if you've got a question for me or for our guests here today, we've got Pastor George Murdoch, pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Douglasville, Georgia. If you're listening live, go ahead and give us a call one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven, or if you're in St. Louis, three one four eight two one zero eight five zero. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or hop on the live stream facebook.com slash aj espinosa. Already got one question here. We'll want to take a look at that in just a second. I want to make sure to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your support of Thy Strong Word. Their website, lhfmissions.org. So, um, so here's the question that came in on Facebook. So, if the people are seeing the incense every day rising, like you were saying, right, every, twice a day, um, you know, and there's and there's this idea of you know this is a part of uh, this this practice as a community of faith. Do you think that? Uh, so, what's, how, how's he wording it here? Do you think them being dispersed into the promised land? and not within smelling distance of the tabernacle was a factor in the people falling away. Isn't that interesting, you know, that, that at this stage in the game, you know, they're all camped out around the tabernacle in this formation. They're very tightly mm-hmm. knit, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when we when we get to the promised land, I mean, just think about it. I mean, some of the tribes are going to be on the other side of the river, even. Um, exactly. What, what, mm-hmm. what, what, do you, what do you think about that? That's interesting. Uh yeah, well, it, it, let, me, let me put it to you this way. It's the difference between you uh, going to uh, you or I, going to Bible college, going to seminary, and uh, being within the, within the shadow of the tower and mm-hmm. uh, hearing the carillons and going to worship and that sort of thing, and then being dispersed out into the diaspora of, of this country or in mission areas, and then suddenly forgetting it. And then yeah. suddenly saying, well, you know, now I don't have to remember that anymore. You know, uh, uh, it's okay for me to become syncretistic out here in India or syncretistic over here in China or uh, in, in Mali or something. Uh, that's not that's that's not what we do. And Deuteronomy is precisely Moses warning to the people not to do that. Yeah. So, therefore, go to the tabernacle three times a year. Yep. Make your offerings. Go to the top. Now, those incidences, those incidences they were supposed to go, sometime lasted two weeks. They yep. were supposed to be there for two weeks. This is now them getting their refresher course, if you will. I mean, if you want to use those kind of terms. They were now going back to, to remember what their ancestors were taught. 
and what was written in the law and to remember these things. Just as we have uh, our particular festivals within Christianity uh, in which we reprise and remember the great, uh, you know, events of our salvation history. That, that that's really good. I like that. That you know, it was. Uh, it, it's not that guy was saying like you have to you know take this onerous pilgrimage. You know, x many times a year, right? And mm-hmm. you know, again, if you don't go, thunderbolts, right? Um, or or even right. like oh, you know, what a drag. I have to like get this many you know continuing education credits. Like mm-hmm. uh, you right. know, okay, right. I just click through uh-huh. this thing. No, I mean like you were saying. I mean the, the point is, I mean you you've got to. Like like you said, like a refresher course, it's like you've got to be like connecting and reconnecting and maintaining that, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, these these observances are important. I mean, this is why we do holidays and celebrations mm-hmm. and anniversaries and mm-hmm. birthdays and things like that. Because you, you, you got to keep going back and having these touchstone moments or, or else you 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 forget you you lose sight of these important things in life. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really for the people's benefit, like you were saying, mm-hmm. I mean, like you could just see, you know, how necessary a lot of that stuff would become, how important, mm-hmm. how even more important it would become when they're in the promised land, when they don't have the benefit of being within smelling distance, uh, as the yeah. question was saying. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I really like that explanation. Yeah. And, and you know, today we do suffer from that somewhat within the uh, Christian communion insofar as the... Um, uh, because we've gotten away from some things, and I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a high church guy in, in a sense. I love that kind of thing only because I understand it. To people who don't understand it, then I recognize that they don't. Right. But uh, commentators on the Christian community today, you just read commentators, uh, and these yeah. are good guys. We're not talking about people who are criticizing us. We're talking about the good guys that are saying, look at the, let's look at the faith community. One of the things they bemoan is the loss of the holiness of God, the loss of this idea that we serve a holy God. Sure, Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's our intercessor for God and man, as it says in Romans 8. Uh, he, uh, he intercedes for, for the saints. Uh, we understand all of that stuff. We know that Jesus is our Savior. We know that Jesus uh, is the one who uh, came in, uh, in, in body uh, to, and not only embody the love of God for us, but also to die for us. All that's understood. But because if you somewhat lose the, the, the sense of the, the absolute majesty and holiness of God, this is what happens. Now, this is what happened in the book of Judges. And all you do is go back and read the book of Judges if you want to find out what is the result of this. What happens because of this is that we begin to decide how God is to be worshipped. And we, we begin to, to you know, make up anything, you know, whatever makes us feel good or whatever we think is, is the best way to do it. And the more you do that, the more you decide how to worship God, rather than listening to God how you will be worshipped, um, then the more you get away from the, the, the further and further and yeah. further away you get. And unfortunately, brother, you and I have to admit that even within the Lutheran communion, we have brothers and sisters who have done that. Well, uh, it, it, they've even... decided how to worship God, you know. Yeah, well, and even, you know, like how, how we all in different ways— gone along with it or have been have been guilty mm-hmm. of it ourselves i mean right. I, I think your point's well taken that just thinking about this ultra of incense i mean it, it is it is literally it, it says there in verse 10 it is most holy to the lord and that doesn't right. just mean that like you know the lord has warm fuzzy feelings about this and it's just so special um though it is special but it, it is literally holy i mean the only guy 
who can even burn incense on this thing is the high priest, right? Of all the people of Israel, of all the 12 tribes, of all the priests, right? There's only this one guy who can do this. And then the only time he's going to make any other kind of offering on it is once a year on the Day of Atonement. I mean, just, just to think about that, you know, I mean, is there like anything in our sanctuary that what we only use, you know, like once a year, right? I mean, the only thing that's coming to mind right now is if you have uh, a church that does uh, you know, pyramids and stoles, uh, you can use those gold color ones just on Easter, right? But I mean, like, yeah, just right. just think about it. It's like most people would say, like, oh, what you know, what what a waste to only ha- have something that you only use once, you know. Um, you know, why would anyone do that? Of course, then we all spend like, you know, $30,000 on wedding dresses. And I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean so, it's, so, so it's kind of, it's kind of weird not to, exactly. it's not to say that that's always a bad thing. All right. But, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's, there's kind of this double, this double thing going on, right? It's mm-hmm. like, well, when it comes mm-hmm. to certain things, we're mm-hmm. okay with things that are used only like once or rarely or special. Right. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden when it comes to worship, it's like, oh no, we have to be like immensely practical and you know, pragmatic, and it all has to be the way that I like, like you were saying, right? And that, that that's yeah. sort of a weird double think that that for all this other stuff, we, we you know, actually kind of uh, enjoy kind of ceremony mm-hmm. and remembrance mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. and be, things being special. Um, mm-hmm. But then when it comes to this, we, we're like, oh, no, get rid of all that. It's just church. It's just church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, is, uh, verse 10, I think verse yeah. 10 uh, speaks to what you were talking about earlier. There is to yeah. be an atonement for this altar. This altar is to be atoned for once a year. And this the right. blood of the sacrifice of atonement on the day of atonement is to be put on the horns of this altar. Now, um, on the corners, you know, corners of horns on the altar, which means, what does that mean? God recognizes that there are going to be times, even when the high priest messes up. There are going to be times when he messes up. There are going to be times when he doesn't put the right incense on there, maybe. Or there'll be a time when he neglects it. And what God is saying is atone for it once a year, and then we, we start over again. It's just like the person who confesses their sin, believes that God has forgiven them of their sins, and they, and they go away from that presence. Will they sin again? Very likely they're going to sin again. Will God forgive their sin again? He absolutely will forgive their sin again. There, there is an atonement in the blood of Jesus Christ every time we apply that by faith. So, yes, this God understands that he's dealing with sinful people, and, and therefore— he makes sure that this holiness is reprised in their mind and thought by the ceremony. And the priest has very specific uh, washing ceremonies he has to go through before he even approaches this altar to do his work. And it's sent well, to the altar yeah. sacrifice. Well, and, and yeah, and we saw last time just just how elaborate that that ordination and purification ritual is for the priests. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's not because the priests are just you know better people. Uh, they mm-hmm. they have to be very thoroughly washed and atoned for and forgiven, and you, 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 this forgiveness, right? It's just God's just constantly pouring out um, this forgiveness and atonement. And, and I want to ask you here: we got to stay on pace a little bit. But so on this census tax, I think the thing mm-hmm. that 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 stands out is this atonement theme, right? I mean, it says mm-hmm, there in exactly. verse 15, uh, the rich shall not give more, the poor shall not give less than the half shekel when you give the Lord's offering to make atonement for your mm-hmm. lives. And 
a lot of people would be quick to point out, especially in 2020, uh, hey, that's a regressive tax, right? <laughs> because a yeah. half shekel, that, that's, a, that's a lot for a poor person, but it's like nothing yeah. for a rich person. That's not fair. Right. What's going on here, and what's the significance of making atonement for their lives? Uh, well, uh, there is uh, throughout the Torah, uh, and especially in Leviticus, uh, uh, it'll show up a lot, a lot more. Uh, but there literally are atonement ceremonies for everything. Uh, every possible sin, if, uh, there is some atonement that is made for sin. Even if your ox gets out and gorges somebody else's ox, right. there's an atonement to be made for it. And, and so the idea here is that these people are to be holy. And when an unholy thing happens, even if it's by accident, if an unholy thing happens, there is to be some consequence to that so that they remember, so that they know, and they, they, they wish to have this holy relationship with God, because they want to have this relationship with God, because God wants to have this relationship with them. And if they want to maintain that, they will maintain holiness. Now, we, are, we in the Christian community ought to understand that uh, we're still sinners. We're simul justus et peccator. We are sinners, saints, saint sinners. You know, we are people who who need to be remembered. And I love the Lutheran liturgy uh, because it begins with us remembering that we're coming before the Most Holy God to worship Him, as we have been commanded, and also through what Jesus has told us to do, we're going to worship the Holy God. But before we do that, we have to admit something. You know, this week I've been a sinner, and this week I need to atone. And, and I right. want to speak publicly that I have done this and that I, I repent before God uh, for this so that I may ready myself to enter into the presence of the Holy God. These are important things, in my opinion, important, yeah. important things. Well, yeah, and, and, and that idea, you know, of being drawn into this remembrance and and like you were saying that, you know, every week constantly we're, we're I mean, every day we're, we're thinking about our, our need and uh, our, our, our God's unlimited provision here. Mm -hmm. I, I think that goes well with this theme of this atonement for the lives here because, mm -hmm. I mean, we notice that who gives this tax, right? Well, not not actually everybody, right? It says here from 20 years old and upward um, and in numbers like particularly it's it's described well i mean it's like men and the idea why are we doing 20 years and older because it, it, these are the ones who are going to be fighting right and you exactly. think about all that fighting that they're going to be doing well who, who's the one who saves their lives time and time again who who, who exactly. makes them victorious who makes sure that they aren't just wiped mm -hmm. out and you know, because if if they go out on their own, they they will be, and they are when they try. You know, it's That's God, right. and so and so. I think this idea of uh, you know that this isn't like you know because honestly, like you know, if if it's half a shekel, right, that they're, that they're doing this, this is this isn't going to be this huge onerous burden where you know, like if if you're one of the poor people now, you've got nothing, right? I mean, it is no. it's be worth it's gonna be more for you, but the point is, it was symbolizing that God is saving your neck. And it wouldn't be right if that's the symbolism for the rich to give more, because that would imply that their necks are worth more. But no, it, it's showing you that, that every holy, single one. Or that, they're, oh, exactly. you know, or that they're holier than the poor, and they're not. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so th this is just showing this, that they're, all our lives are, are equal in the eyes of God, right. and they're all in Absolutely. his hands. 
Absolutely. And by the way, this is a tiny amount. Agera, agera is about the weight of 18 grams of 18 uh, grains of, of rice. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a tiny, tiny amount. Half a shekel. There. First of all, they know that this tax is coming. Uh, this this yeah. ransom tax is coming. Everybody knows that. So even the poorest person can save what 40 percent of an ounce. Yeah. That's what a shekel is. 40 percent of, of an ounce of silver. Gosh, I mean, they could find a silver cup and scrape that off the side of it. I mean, it, it, it's a tiny amount. But we know the census was taken, and over in numbers, we're told how many people there were. There was yep. 603,550 people. Well, if every one of them are giving this amount, we're talking about a substantial amount to help uh, run the, the temple, to help uh, the Levitical tribe do its job, to assist the the uh, the worship life of the community. So... In a sense, instead of, uh, you know, they give the tithe in their offerings, but here is the offering for the atonement, offering for the tabernacle. So That's um, right. uh, it, it, it adds up to a lot of silver uh, by, the, uh, by the end of it. When you think about the number of men, just these are men 20 years and older, is 603,000 plus, you know. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a good point. That is it is a small amount, and when you compare it to you know the the, the tithing of on all of their animals and produce and everything else, it, this isn't going to be tiny in comparison to everything else that they're giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and this is just a a, a one time thing on the census, or you know right. however often the census yeah. you know happens, which is not very often. So, yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll the, get... uh, yeah go ahead. Go well, I was going to say, like, we, we only have about 10 minutes here, so we want to make sure that we do have some time to talk about this bronze basin, too. But go, go ahead. All right. Uh, yeah, I was just commenting. Jesus, of course, uh, was uh, confronted by the Pharisees. Do you, do you and your disciples pay the tax? So yeah. it is something that continued all the way up until the time of Jesus. That's right. So the That's basis right. here is he, just, he describes the bronze basins, which are for washing. And uh, this is part of the washing ceremony, so that every time the priest comes near the altar, that he washes his feet, his hands, and, and everything. He, he makes sure that he has been purified uh, for this. And why is that? Well, if you go back to Leviticus, and you go back to certain uh, ceremonial uh, cleansing laws and that sort of thing, if a priest has, uh, has been in his house, or if a priest has gone home and has come back, or if a priest has been outside of the tabernacle, who knows what he may have inadvertently contaminated himself with, in a sense. That's the sense that's going on here. It's also an understanding uh, that uh, this purification that takes place, these hand washings and feet and that sort of thing, this purification takes place before offerings are made, is, is just a, if you will, a sacramentary to remind yourself that you are, you are entering into sacred duty to a holy God, and and right. uh, the basins are being set aside for that purpose. Yeah, th- th- that's and I, and I appreciate you kind of breaking it down for us like that because we were talking about this last time that with this ordination, it's it's very clear that the ordination is not like okay, well now you're gonna here, here's your pastor clothes right, and when you put them on, your mm-hmm. your your pastors right, and you take them off, you're just you know ordinary Joe Schmo. Um, but mm-hmm. that this this ordination idea, I mean, they were they were they were priests for the rest of their lives, right? There there was mm-hmm. no re- retiring, you know. I mean, we we we, mm-hmm. uh, we saw how in the book of Joshua, right? Like, um, you know, how is it that you have the release of all the exiles who had committed uh, manslaughter, right? The high mm-hmm. priest dies; mm-hmm. they they die in office. Um, well, I, I mean, it, 
you know, so, so this is a, this is a whole life thing. Um, and, and yet, like you were saying, you know, they, they still, you know, have, you know, uh, families and, and homes and, and, and all the rest here. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so th- yeah. this is, this is a little bit of an acknowledgement of that, that, okay, while, while they are, you know, priests all the time, um, it's not like every single thing they do is uh, the unique priest version. Right. So it's not like they have, you know, priest lunch and, and, and priest uh, breakfast and, priest mowing the lawn you know they're they're engaged in normal everyday stuff too but that's right so so you got to have something that that signals if nothing else for them right hey look Mm -hmm. um i i am though about to make a transition here and do something different right so that god's Mm -hmm. holiness isn't you know impinged upon that's a great right right and uh yeah and i mean basically that's what can i say that's that's pretty much the the point is an emphasis on God's holiness, the emphasis on that I am made holy because of God, not because I washed. This was something that got very mixed up at the time of Jesus. You read Mark's gospel. Uh, Mark said they were forever washing their hands, and all that, they washed basins, and they washed this, and they washed that. And, uh, and, and the sense of the thing is that somehow it was a magical washing. No, that wasn't right. the point. The point was to remind them constantly that God is holy and that they are to be holy, and it was simply a sacramentary for that, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, that is, that is, uh, you know, it is interesting, and, and just the hand-washing even, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it reminds me, um, you know, so, I mean, so out here in California, we recently had, um, you know, just more restrictions, like, put on mm-hmm. things, and, and so the, the thing is, it's not that we, you know, can't, can't worship, or it's, it's not even that, actually, that, that we can't sing, it's just we have to do it outside now. So, you know, so I'm like kind of looking through all these rules and figuring out, okay, so what can we do? What can't we do? And it was interesting Mm -hmm. that, you know, when it was talking about masks, um, one of the things that it's it's even written in the guidelines, it's like one of the purposes of the masks is is a visual reminder to other people. Right. I mean, and that's Mm -hmm. that's just really interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. when and I think that kind of gets back to what you were saying, too, that Mm -hmm. it's like in some ways when you just see like oh hey there's a bunch of people with masks oh right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um or, or or when you put on this mask before going outside mm-hmm. it's sort of this kind of like oh yeah right you know there's this this i can't see the virus but it's a real thing right, it, right I mean, we exactly. kind of need as creatures these sorts of like physical tangible cues right exactly. and, and and so i i like that idea that you know it's like the the washing of the water it's it's not so much that God is scared of getting their cooties or anything like that, right? No, I mean, exactly. he's, he's, no. he's fine getting getting their hit their smell, their scent on him, right? That's right. That's but, right. But, exactly. but but they they need to remember, hey, okay, I know you were just like mowing the lawn there, right? But don't you go treating God like this is just one of the errands on your to do list? Exactly. Well put. Well put. Yeah. And at the end of this uh, anointing oil section here in particular with regard to, you know, the whole holiness thing with the washing, then they come up with the uh, anointing oil section uh, uh, and the incense and all, which follows that. But in this anointing oil, it's interesting, this is, of course, also supposed to be an oil uh, that um, uh, is uh, specifically for the sanctuary, and it's, uh, uh, which is the tabernacle, and uh, the holy place, the of the the holy place and the most holy place, and uh, and so we see that it is a special formula. And all they're saying is 
that this there's two reasons I think. This formula is only to be for the anointing of the priest and the accoutrements of the of the temple for the use right. of God. And the second thing is no one else is supposed to reprise this particular formula because there's to be no adulteration of the priesthood. There's to be no adulteration of what God has established. And so, uh, in a sense, you know, and, and, and are we not criticized uh, for the fact that, uh, uh, you know, called and ordained is something special? And, and mm-hmm. that the, the, uh, the anointing of the office of, of pastor in the people is something that is special and that it is, it is meant to be by God. It was not something we invented uh, in order to separate ourselves like the communion rail does the chancel from the, from the nave. That's not, not what is intended here. What is intended here is that God has made provision that his people be reminded that uh, we enter into holy worship. We enter into a holy relationship. And, um, and I think that you know, if you want to just kind of cover in, in, in one way with oil, so to speak, this little section, you're understanding that's why we anoint with oil for the sick. That's why we anoint with oil for the baptized. Uh, we do this because God has set aside these people for regeneration in a very special way. Yeah, I know that, that's right. And and I and I you know I like the way that you were describing that and just how. It, it, the focus is, I mean, it's really just on God the whole way through. And like in verse mm-hmm. 33, like whoever, you know, uh, goes and like, you know, duplicates this, right, and starts using it somehow else, you know, they're cut off from, you know, his people. And, and someone would say, wow, I mean, isn't that kind of steep? Like you, you, you made some kind of unauthorized perfume and like you're, you know, blackballed from the community. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that the idea, though, is that you, you've kind of done it to yourself. Like, you know, for, for God's holy people, there's this one high priest, right? There's this one priesthood. Mm-hmm. And so if you go and you try to duplicate it, like, well, what's that saying? It's like you're saying that you're your own different holy people with a different high priest, right? And all of a sudden, it, it's like, you know, it's like what, what Paul says, right? Like, are, are there two Christs or the two Gospels? So, mm-hmm. I mean, all this goes back to that unity of, of God who sends his one and only Son who is our one and only salvation. So, it's always about him and not about ourselves so thank you so much brother always enjoy our conversations Um, God bless you all in Georgia and take care looking forward to hearing from you again soon thank you Adrian thanks to you guys thank you brother everybody Pastor George Murdi Prince of Peace Douglasville Georgia we're going on to the Psalms 114 and 115 is it two Psalms or one Psalm Check that one out. Till then, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. In cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting by Strong Word.